Isn't it good to be together this morning? Our uh, kids are with us, aren't they? Kids, raise your hand if you're with us. Raise your hand. Where are you at? All right, uh, everyone, everyone give a high five. to. If there's a kid around, you give them a high five. Come on, welcome them to service. Say, welcome. Good morning. Let me ask you a question. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yes? Turn to the person around you. I'm get, we're getting interactive here. Turn to the person around you and tell, you, tell them what your favorite part of Thanksgiving was. Go. All right, you ready for mine? You ready for mine? It was the same as always. I love seeing family, but I really love eating White Castle on the way home from my second dinner. I love good White Castle on Thanksgiving. It's a yearly tradition. Um, and how many of you had a good weekend? I know a lot of you had a good weekend, didn't you? There are some uh, football fans in here that had a good weekend. Um, our, our Thanksgiving and our weekend was interesting. We, we had um, sick kids. That's not totally uncommon in our house, but um, a few of the kids got sick and kind of passed it around. And last Sunday, uh, we had the, the blessing that we got a new dog. And so we got this new dog. It's three years old, little cute thing. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. And, um, and even the dog got sick this week. And so this weekend, we've been dealing with kids sick and the dog being sick. Um, you you got to be pretty tough to survive in our household um, without getting sick. And, um, and I know some of you had a, had a great weekend. And speaking of sickness, um, I, I, I need to have just a little bit of fun for a minute. Um, because I, we have been talking about selflessness and being generous. And most of you know that I have a, a brother who really loves Ohio State. And most of you probably know that I don't love Ohio State, but being the generous guy that I am, I made a deal with my brother, and I'm wearing an Ohio State jersey this morning. Yeah. My only con <laughs> some people are getting blessed. Wow. <laughs> my only concern is this: I don't want this jersey to rub off on me. I'm afraid if I wear it too much, I'll only be able to preach one good sermon a year, and the rest will be underwhelming. <laughs> oh, yeah, now, now others are being blessed. All right, I'm just kidding. Guys, don't hate me. It's just football. It's just fun. Um, but seriously, we're talking about being generous. Uh, I've, I've told you about how our family is very generous and giving sickness to each other, um, and it is fun. It is fun to come together. Hopefully, you had a good weekend and spent time with family, maybe Maybe watched football, maybe watched other stuff, maybe just spent time at the table talking and enjoying each other's company. Um, but what a blessing it is to be here this morning. And, and I am thankful to be with you this morning. I'm always thankful to come together and worship. And so we're going to continue this morning talking about selfless. In the last few weeks, we've talked about what it means to be selfless. Um, our first week of this series, uh, Milton Gay came, a missionary from Central America, and he spoke about 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and talked about being selfless and generous and giving. And then, and then the next week we talked about the fact that selflessness and generosity really is a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of the pocketbook. It's not a matter of how much money you have and can give. It's not a, any of that. What generosity really is, is a matter of your heart. If you will be transformed by God 
When, when you understand how much God loves you, we were just singing about this, what God has done for you, how much God loves you, it changes you, and you want to be generous to others. And so selflessness is a, an issue of the heart. And then last week we talked about this generosity, and we, we talked about the fact that as we are generous, we become more like Jesus, because Jesus is the most generous of all. God is generous, loved us so much that he gave everything for us. And so we, as we are selfless, as we are generous, we are actually being transformed into the image of God. So this morning, I want to talk about the result of our generosity. I want to talk about what happens when we are generous. Uh, we looked in the scripture. The scripture we're going to read today talks about reaping, sowing and reaping. What you sow, you will reap. And the fact that if we will be generous all through scripture, it says if you will learn to be generous and selfless, God will bless you beyond what you could ever imagine. And so today I want to talk about what that means. What does it mean for us to be blessed what do, what's the result of our generosity? So we've been looking in <clears throat> 2 Corinthians, and today we're going to look at chapter 9. I don't have a lot of words on the screen up for you today because it was a holiday weekend, and I wanted to give people the opportunity to have a little bit of break. So we're going to have the scripture on the screen. You may want to pull it up on your phone or something, or in your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You'll have it with you because we're going to keep talking about it. But let's read the passage together. It's 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. In their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And then verse 15, it ends like this. It says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. That's God's word this morning. So this talks about, the, in, in verse 6, we see that promise that if we will sow generously, we will reap generously. And, and, if, and then it goes on and talks about the results of our generosity. So that's what we want to talk about today. But first I want to start, start with uh, verse 6 there, with this, with this metaphor that it gives. It says here in the scripture, it says, now he, uh, I'm sorry, it says, whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. 
And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I was thinking about this. And I honestly believe that sometimes we miss the point of what this is saying. I think sometimes we get this wrong. So I've got this problem. Um, when, when we bought our house and we moved in and they told us there was this problem in the backyard, there were a lot of rocks when they built the house that got dumped on the back hill in our backyard. And so if, if you were to go in our backyard, it, it used to be worse than it is now. Um, but when, if you would go in our backyard, there are patches that have no grass on them. And so, you know, it's, it makes it hard to mow. If you're running up it, you can turn your ankle. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a mess. When we bought it, it was really a mess. And so what I have to do is each year I have to go buy grass seed, and I have to take that seed, and I have to spread it out in the yard, and I have to water it. And then the good news is now, if you would look at my backyard, it looks a lot better than it did ten, nine, ten years ago when we moved in. And that got me thinking about this, this idea of somebody sowing sparingly and somebody sowing generously. Let me ask you a question. Why, why would we ever sow sparingly? If you have seed to sow, why would you ever not sow it? Why would you ever not generously spread that seed? Imagine if I went to the store and I, I looked at my yard and I said, this yard needs work. And so I went to the store and I bought a big bag of grass seed. That's what I do. And I come home and I'm walking through my backyard and I'm like, I don't want to use all my grass seed because it's, it's my grass seed, right? And I want to hold on to it. And let's say that I just spread out a little bit of that bag because I wanted to hold back the seed. What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. My yard's going to look the same next year as it does this year. How good does it do me to have three quarters of a bag of grass seed in my garage? How good does that do me? How good does that do my yard? And the truth, so the truth of the matter is, the seed is really meant to produce something, to produce, to, to produce a harvest. And so that seed, I should sow it uh, generously because I want the most grass to grow. As, I'm having trouble talking today. I'm sorry. I want the most grass to grow that can possibly grow in my backyard. So it looks good. It looks full. So my yard is what it was meant to be. Sometimes I think we, uh, we see our possessions. Sometimes I think we see our money as the harvest. That's not true in this analogy. That's not true. Think about this. This is where we get this wrong. We see the money that we have, the possessions that we have, everything that we possess, we see that as the harvest, but that's not what this is saying. That is the seed to sow. The harvest is what God has for us. And if your harvest is the seed, guess what? You're going to end up with a garage full of grass seed in a backyard that has no grass. What we have, our possessions, the wealth that we have, the stuff that God asks us to be generous with, it's just seed that's meant to produce a harvest. Are you picking up on this? There's no reason to walk around with a bag of grass seed when your backyard needs grass. Plant the seed. That's what it's there for. Grass seed is just, it's just seed. It just sits in a bag. But so often, so often... 
We think of our possessions and our money as the harvest. And we hold it back. And I know in your mind you think, hey, money's great. Money is great. Sure, absolutely. And, and, and cars are great. And possessions are great. And your time is great. And all of that, positions are great. But the truth of the matter is that's not the harvest that we are promised. That's just the seed. That's just icing on the cake. What we're really promised is a harvest of the kingdom of God at work in our lives. And so when this says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, if you take what you have, the seed, the possessions, the money, all of that stuff, and you hold it back for yourself, guess what? You're not going to experience the fullness of what you were intended to experience. You're settling for a portion. You're settling for a garage full of seeds. That sounds ridiculous, but we make that mistake. The more that we sow, the more that we understand that possessions and money and time and everything that we have is seed to be used to bring a harvest, the more we will experience God's harvest in our lives. The harvest isn't the seed. It's the grass. It's, it's the grass. I don't need a garage full of seed. I, I need a backyard that is, has grass and it is growing. That's what it's meant to be. Paul is talking about giving here. And what he's saying is that the stuff you have is seed to be given generously to produce a harvest. So don't sow it sparingly. Sow it generously. So that brings us to the next question. What is the harvest? What is it that giving generously produces in our lives? What is it that happens when we follow this advice and we give generously? Well, number one, I want, I want you to know there's, there's three things that happen that we see in this text. Number one, your generosity has a huge effect on you. Your generosity has a huge effect on you. It's, sometimes we think giving is more about giving to others. I've been on a lot of mission trips and opportunities to go and serve. And usually when we go serve, we think about the good that we are doing for others. But the truth of the matter is, when we give and when we serve, almost all of the time we experience just as much good, if not more, and change in our own lives. And so, yeah, we do good for others, but we are being changed as we give. So verse 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, um, and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So this tells us how we are changing this. Let's break this down. Number one, it says God loves a cheerful giver. We talked about this last week. God loves a cheerful giver. The first way it changes you is you experience the love and favor of God more abundantly. God loves you. 
If you're not generous, you're probably not feeling that love. But when we're generous, God loves us because we're cheerfully giving. And we experience God's blessing. And so uh, last week I shared a story about one of my kids um, that may be in here today, so I'm not going to go too much into detail about it. But I talked about how that kid was just so wonderful. And when I saw the way he was wonderful, I just wanted to bless him. I want to take care of him. I want to give to him. Just yesterday, one of my kids had been so helpful in all the things that was going on around the house. And so I had to go to Walmart to get some stuff. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to get him something to say, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. Man, I love my kids. But my love for my kids is nothing compared to God's love for us. Because I'm learning to love the way God loves. And so God loves a cheerful giver. When we are generous... We experience God's love and blessing. Hey, kids, what's coming up in about a month? Come on. Christmas, yes. What, so we've been talking to our kids about this. this is, it would be a good idea for you to treat your parents well approaching Christmas, right? <laughs> the parents are clapping. All right, so real quick, kids, let's just have fun. Turn to your parents. If, if your parents are in here, turn to your parents and look at them and smile and say, I love you, Mommy and Daddy. Because Christmas is coming, right? The truth of the matter is, and I'm joking about that, but the truth of the matter is, God loves a cheerful giver. So if we will be generous, if we will be selfless, if we will be transformed through generosity, God will bless us and love us and pour his love out on us. There is no better place you can be than in God's favor. I promise you this. Not winning the lottery, not having the car you've always dreamed or the job you've always dreamed. There is no better place than to be in God's favor. Why is that? Because God is the ultimate cheerful giver. God is the ultimate cheerful giver. And God will bless you far beyond how, what your possessions and the seed could ever bless you. And so being generous allows us to experience God's favor. Number two, it says in verse 8 that God is able to, to bless you abundantly so that in all things, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Number two, you will be provided for, you will have all you need. The truth of the matter is you can give your money to the mortgage company you can give your money to um, the loan company, the car, your car loan. You can, you can give your money to a lot of different places. They are not going to provide for you what you need if you run out of money. That's just the truth. You can give your time to a lot of different places. Those places are not going to be able to give you back what you need. The only, the only place that you will experience the blessing of having everything you need is in God. It says that God it will bless you abundantly and that in all things and at all times you will have all that you need. Isn't that a good place to be? Don't you want to be there? Don't you want to be in the place where you could sit there and say, I'm okay. I've got everything I need. Well, actually what that's talking about, it's not talking about an abundance of possessions or things like that. This is talking about contentment. 
The word used there, the definition of it says, there's three definitions. It's number one, a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. Number two, sufficiency of the necessities of life. And number three, this is good stuff, a mind contented with its lot, being content. And so as we give generously, we get God's favor, but we also have everything that we need because God gives us contentment. God allows us to be happy with what we have. Let me tell you something that's absolutely true. There is no amount of money that will make you content. It may make you content for a little bit. But there is no amount of money, there is no car you can get. I've always dreamed of having different cars. Guess what? There is no car that I can get that will satisfy what I need. Only God can give us what we need. Sounds good, doesn't it? This is, I mean, this is what we're after. This is, this is what we want, right? To be content, to be thankful, to live in God's abundance. Number three. God will increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Number three, so number one, you have God's favor. Number two, you will be provided for everything you need. You will be content. Number three, you will grow to be more like Jesus if you give. God will increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. If you will be generous, you will become more and more like Jesus. And you will become more and more righteous, and you will experience God's righteousness. Number four, you will be given more opportunity to give. It says in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is the truth. The more faithful we are to be like Jesus... The more generous we are with the seed that God has given us, the more that God will bless us to be able to be generous. This is where we get it confused. Because sometimes we think, if I give this seed, God will give me more so that I will have more. That's not the truth. The truth is, if we will be generous, God will give us more so that we can continue to be generous. I heard this the other day, and I love this. It said, God wants us to be channels of blessing, not reservoirs of blessing. Think about that. It's not about more and more coming into my little holding tank so I can have more and more seed or more and more possessions. I'm a channel of those blessings. And so as God gives and as I'm faithful to give and to be generous, God continues to pour it out to me so I can continue to be faithful and I continue to live in God's favor and I continue to be content and I continue to be changed into the image of God because that's really the harvest, not the not the possessions. So we're gener if we're generous, God allows us to be more generous. The truth of the matter is, and this is, a, this is another analogy, if water is sitting in a pool for a long time, what happens to it? It gets dirty and nasty and contaminated. If water is self-enclosed, it will become contaminated. But if you're a channel of God's blessing, then it just freely flows and it's pure. The purest water is the water that's flowing freely. It doesn't pick things up. It stays pure. 
And so we are to be channels of blessing. So our generosity has a huge effect on us. We, we experience God's favor, which is greater than any material blessing. We, we, uh, we learn to be content. We have everything we need. We are transformed more and more to be who God made us to be, and we have more and more opportunity to give. So we are blessed. If you will be generous, you will be blessed. But it's not just about us. Because number two, our generosity affects others. Verse 12 says, This service that you perform is not only to supply the needs of the Lord's people, but, also, and, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and, in your, and for your generosity and sharing with them and everyone else. So our, bless, our, our generosity doesn't just bless us, it blesses others. And there's two ways it blesses others. Number one, it meets their needs. It doesn't take long to look around and see that there is need all around us. Isn't that true? All you have to do is watch the news. All you have to do is hop on social media and you'll see that there is need all over the place. There are people around the world, we talked about this, some statistics about this last week, but there are people around the world that do not have food to eat. There are people around the world that do not have clean drinking water. There are people in our community that did not have the Thanksgiving that you had. And will not have the Christmas that you will have. Because they don't have those material things. We have the opportunity to generously give and change that. Why don't we do it? Well, we talked last week about the numbers statistically of what would happen if we were all generous. Why don't we do it? We don't do it because, number one, we insulate ourselves. We, we surround ourselves with people that have what we have and aren't in great need. But number two, we don't think we can really make a difference. We see world hunger and we see, you know, a lack of drinking water and we see the problems of the world and we think, what am I going to do? I just have... This little bit of seed, what can I do? But the truth of the matter is, if we will learn to be like Jesus, if we will learn to be generous, God will bless us, give us more to be generous with, we'll come together and we'll give, and we can change the things in our world that need changed. I promise you, we have the ability to make a great impact on the world around us if we will learn to be like Jesus and be generous. We can meet the needs of people around us if we'll just learn that our seed is to be planted and that the harvest is God's kingdom, not the possessions. And so when we give, we meet the needs of others. Have you ever had something really nice in front of you and been sitting next to somebody who had nothing? Have you ever been in a place where you had a nice hot meal and you're walking down the street and you pass somebody who clearly does not have food and has not had food for a long time? Don't you want to share? You can share, I promise you. You can practice this every single day. You can meet the needs of others and guess what? It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you. It's going to bless you. 
so we can meet others' needs. But there's a second thing that's much more important than that. It's not just about meeting needs, but it's about drawing them to God. Because when we are generous to others, when we help meet their needs, when we give generously to others, it says that they see God and they are thankful to God and that they come to know God. We want to be a church that brings people to Jesus, right? Raise your hand if you want to go to a church that brings people to Jesus. Guess what? The way we do that is by living like Jesus, by being generous. When we give, when we, when we are like Jesus and we give and we give and we give, people see that and not only are their needs met, but they want to know this Jesus. They want to know where our contentment comes from. They want to know what, where this favor comes from. And they will come to know Jesus. I'll tell you what, I want this church, I want, I want my life to be a life that will produce love and, and generosity that will lead others to Jesus. And I believe if we will each learn to be generous, others will come to know Jesus. We want that, don't we? And so, so our generosity, it affects us greatly. It does great things for us. It affects others greatly. But there's a third thing, and that's that it brings us all together. In verse 14, it says, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. The truth is, when we share with each other, when we're generous with each other, we come together and we experience life the way we were meant to experience life. Not at each other's throats, not hating each other, but loving each other and lifting each other up. I'm going to tell you some some hard stuff here, but the church is the number one place where when you look at the church, you should see the kingdom of God at work. But way too often, way too often, we are focused on the seeds, and we're not generous with each other, and we're not planting for the harvest, and when we're not generous with each other, what happens? We start to fight over the seeds. We start to fight over over music and carpet and, and preferences and all of that stuff, we start to fight and we aren't living as God intends us to live. But if we will learn to be generous, I believe this and I want this more than anything. I want us to be like Jesus and I want people to walk past this church into the doors and I want them to say, man, there is something different about That must be what heaven looks like. I want to be a part of that. We can be generous, and if we'll be generous, it will bring us together. The more generous we are with each other, the more that we will learn to love each other and grow in our love together. I'm a part of a group of, um, there's six of us, six pastors in the area, and I have the opportunity every other month we get together and we meet for about three hours, and we just talk about things. But, but you know what's awesome about that group of pastors? I'm new at this. I've only been a pastor for about a year now, and so I'm new at this. A lot of them have been doing it for a long time. You know what I love about this group of pastors? They love and generously care for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding with you. I got, a, I got five different texts this morning saying, I'm praying for you. I want God's best for you. And guess what? 
I pray for them all the time because I love them. This week, I was, I was up at Beaver Creek Church, and I was sitting there talking to, to Pastor Kevin, my brother-in-law, and, and someone came in and said, Pastor Jason Caddy from Parkview is outside. And I said, i got to go see him. I love Jason. And so I went and talked to Jason. And, and then, I mean, I love these guys. And I have the opportunity every day to be generous with them, and they're generous with me, and we have grown Even though we don't have everything in common, we have grown to love each other more and more and to be there for each other. And that's what it's all about. Listen, there are some pastors out there that are fighting each other, that are competing with each other. That's not what this is. This is the kingdom. We're supposed to love each other and lift each other up. And so if we will give generously, God will bring us together. And so this text has showed us what is the harvest, what is it that we sow the seed for, what is it that all of these possessions and things we have are used to go after, what do we do? We're going after the harvest. The harvest is the kingdom of God here, now, at work in our lives. How many of you want to be a part of the kingdom of God? How many of you want to be a part of the kingdom of God right here, right now? You know what that means? you got to learn to be generous. And so I want to challenge you to do something. I, I want to challenge you to be generous with somebody else in this church. I, you, please be generous with everybody. But I want you to one time this week, this isn't about a huge amount of money or anything like that, but I want to challenge you at, at one point this week, I want you to do something generous for somebody else in this church. And I want you to see how that brings us together, and how you experience God's grace and love at work in your life when you're generous with each other. The truth is, the harvest, it's not more stuff. It's not more grass seed to sit in the garage. It's not more money or cars. Or, the harvest is God's kingdom at work in our life right now so that we can live with everything we need, that we can be content with who we are, that we can give to each other and lift each other up, and that we are one together and one in Christ because that's God's richest blessing for us. I promise you, you can have all the money in the world and be completely miserable. And I promise you, you can have very, very little. You can have nothing And you can be content with God, and you can be a part of God's kingdom at work right now. And that's, that's what we want. That's the blessing. That's what selflessness brings. The text ends with verse 15, and I love how this ends, because it's talking about giving and giving and giving. And it ends by saying this, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift Thank you, God, that I can give. Thank you, God, that there's more to life than grass seed. Thank you, God, that I can have your kingdom here and now. What a wonderful way to end this passage. What a wonderful thing. Thank you, God. I thank God all the time that I get to be a part of what God's doing here. I thank God all the time for you all. God is so good to us. And I believe God's kingdom is at work here and now. And I am blessed to be a part of it. The band and the ushers are going to come and and we're going to end this service by experiencing God's grace. We're going to take communion together. Here's the cool thing about communion. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross that we are able to be here. 
It's because of what Jesus did on the cross, this ultimate sacrifice, this generous gift that we were given, that we can come together. It's because of what Jesus did that that we can be one. Number two, it's through what Jesus did that we are transformed into the image of God. And so as we take communion, we're thankful to be together. We're thankful to to love each other and be able to be generous. But number two, we are learning. We are learning to be selfless and to be generous. And number three, when we take communion, we are experiencing God's grace and God's kingdom at work here and now. So today, as the ushers pass out, ushers, come on down. As as they pass out the elements, I want you to pray at the end of this series that God will give you a heart that's generous. I want you to pray that God will transform you into who you were meant to be. And I want you to pray that God's kingdom will be alive here and now, today. Make us generous. Father, we love you today. We give you everything we have, and we thank you for the gift that you gave us. And so, Lord, change us. Lord, make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.